Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, so much more importantly, the author of a terrific book, and it is uh, it, it is a necessity to get this book. Uh, it must get unapologetically glorious, the power of of owning your story without shame or blame, and uh, especially for a story like this, uh, no truer words have ever been said. Kelly Teal is our very special guest, and she's a survivor from the Nexium cult, uh, Keith Ranieri. Uh, folks uh, will realize and be glad that he's uh, he's put away. He's in prison for a long time, but uh, not before a lot of damage has been done mentally, emotionally to to so many women, so many people, and families around. But uh, Kelly Teal is just a, a great example of how to land on your feet and and to uh, to turn any experience into a, a surviving experience and and building strength from it. Absolutely thrilled to have you, Kelly. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Frank. Thanks for having me. Well, listen, uh, like I said, thrilled to have you. Um, I, look, I, you know, I usually ask the, the question to, to some people when they do a biography, was it therapeutic? Uh, it's almost a rhetorical, uh, rhetorical question to ask you. I'm sure this was part of your therapy, right, was to was to, to be constantly talking about this and to putting things into place and, and maybe uh, even even therapeutic to, to know that it's helping other people. Yeah, it definitely is, and um, it's funny because they did go into a lot of therapy after Nixium, and um, I tried to get two different people to write this book for me, and it just wasn't working, and so I had to do it myself, and that was the therapeutic part. I was avoiding that, but I did it. Were there things that came out in the book that you had blocked out, and and suddenly they came back to you? Uh, Did you have that experience at all? I had a few times where I had sort of blocked things out. I think I had minimized them more than blocked them out, though. I had sort of made them less um, important. And when I started breaking it down and looking at it, I realized how bad it really was. What was your experience with the Bronfman sisters, if any? Uh, did you did you get close to them? Did you get to know uh, Claire and Sarah? Um, I knew them both. I knew Claire and Sarah Claire was, I was closer to her. I spent more time with her. Um, and uh, Sarah, I spent a little bit of time with at Vanguard Week. Um, one of the funny things about Claire, um, when she first met me and was in a, a group session with me, she, of all people, told me that I was entitled. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Wow. Wow, right. And if, yeah. for, for those who <laughs> yeah. don't know, the Bronfmans are the heirs, uh, heiress, well, they were the heirs to uh, Edgar Bronfman's. Uh, fortune uh, and that's the seagram's fortune uh, i i don't remember whether it was claire or sarah but i got a call from i, th- I think it was I, I think it was sarah i got a call from sarah at one point to meet the dalai lama and somebody had put her uh-huh. on the phone with me and and i came up to meet the dalai lama in in albany i mean it's like you know i mean it's like somebody asking you to to meet the pope I didn't know anything about Keith, and I didn't know anything about uh, Nexium, and I I went up and I, I so I actually have this strange experience with uh, with Nexium, and then I traveled down to New York and uh, you know spent a little time with the Dalai Lama there. But 
Uh, Keith was, uh, you know, he was he, he was surrounded. It was easier to get to the Dalai Lama than it was to Keith. And what they said, it was because of the uh, the death threats, I guess, from family members. Uh, can you, you know, shed any light on that? I think um, some of that was the story, the narrative that he was building up to make people believe that he was very, very special. Because, as you know, with a cult, you always have to have a charismatic leader. Um, so I think some of it was story, and I think some of it very well could have been. Um, some families were very upset and may have been coming after him, but he made it seem, I think, bigger than it really was. What was your first impression of, of Keith Ranieri? My first impression was uh, uh, I thought he was kind of geeky looking and short and not very attractive, and I couldn't figure out why he wanted to meet me. I had just been to Albany for a few days um, during my first 16 day session of the um, curriculum and he wanted to meet me and I, I thought that was really odd and so when I met him I was very unimpressed considering what I had heard that he was this you know third smartest man in the world and uh, had created all this curriculum he was friends with the Dalai Lama et cetera, et cetera, all part of the his narrative and what was the uh, who was the go-between uh, to originally uh, introduce you to Keith I mean how did that all happen so the person who introduced me to Keith were the people that were teaching the classes in Albany. And so they thought that I would be someone that he'd want to meet. So they asked, one of them asked me to meet him, Mark Elliott. And I originally said no, because I thought it was just kind of strange. And then um, another teacher by the name of Jim Del Negro, who has since passed away, um, he said, you know, this is a big, big deal to meet, to meet Keith. And you can't say no. You just absolutely cannot say no. So I put some requirements on it. I said, you know, I'm so exhausted, and I really uh, need to get back to my hotel room in a decent hour. So, you know, I'll give you like 45 minutes. That's it. And they and they were good with that. So I met Keith very briefly, and then went back to my hotel. The the experience. That was the first. You know, look, look the experience uh, as a whole. You know, I imagine is is like no other that you could uh, imagine. Is it uh, is it similar to what you've you've heard since? In other words, uh, does your experience uh, mirror uh, some of the other survivors of cults out there? Uh, you know, whether it be you know Manson uh, type folks or others, or or do you do you think it's a unique experience for each person? Well, I think it's definitely unique for each person, but I think all cults in general have certain elements that can identify them as a cult. Um, I think that for me, when I first got out, I didn't have a lot of experience, obviously, with cults and didn't really know what they were until I saw Wild Wild Country, which is a Netflix um, documentary on Osho. And I watched that, and it was sort of like a come to Jesus in a way. It was sort of like, oh my gosh, there's other things out here just like this, very similar things. And so that was really eye-opening for me because when I first left the cult, I was, I left because I had to because things were so bad, but I didn't, hadn't processed anything yet. So I would say all cults have some overlying elements that are the same. Some are different, obviously, but most of them have some things that are the same. Well, I know there's a lot of people waiting to talk to you. Boy, I would love to speak to you for a much longer period of time. I want to congratulate you on, on your survival. 
and and where where you landed on your feet and and how you've carried yourself since and how you're helping so many other people. Congratulations on the book. If oh, there's anything, thank you. If there's anything else you want to add, and uh, and please do. And before you go, please leave a, a social media site, a website where people could follow along with what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, I would just love to tell people where you can get my book. Um, it's on Amazon under either Kelly Teal, T-H-I-E-L, or Unapologetically Glorious. You can also go to kellytealbook.com to get the book. And you can follow me on Instagram at the Kelly Teal. And I just encourage everyone to, to find your story, embrace your own life story, and with, without shame or blame, and follow your journey and just be glorious. Kelly, thank you very much for being here. We'll be talking about the book as we let you go. Thanks again. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Kelly Teal, everyone. And, and again, she's a survivor of the Nexium cult. And what a, uh, what a story that whole situation is. Again, I had no idea who Raniere was. And uh, they, they had reached out to me. Um, uh, through the Bromfins, and I don't know, remember whether it was, it was you know, actually there was a political conduit uh, through uh, where they reached out to to me, and I'll leave that name private. I don't, I haven't spoken to that individual in a in a long while, but they wanted to get in contact with me uh, about a uh, you know about a bizarre situation. Uh, Nexium uh, was uh, was wrapped around or wrapping themselves around the Dalai Lama. And I, di- I didn't know anything about Ranieri. I didn't know anything about Nexium. Uh, I knew Edgar Bronf- Bronfman. Uh, I, I didn't know him, but I had met him a couple of times, and he was the uh, the uh, CEO of Seagram's, and he's a multi-billionaire and whatever. So someone said, uh, you know, would you take a phone call from? And I, again, I uh, I apologize. I don't remember whether it was Claire or Sarah uh, who asked me if I would uh, spend. Uh, five to ten minutes with the uh, with the Dalai Lama, and I was looking at the phone. Like, you know, are, you, are you kidding me? You know, like that was uh, you know, that was to me it was a no brainer to to uh, you know, an honor obviously to be with the the Dalai Lama, and uh, you know I did, and I and I brought a friend of mine up there, and uh, you know we uh, it, it, I forget what theater it was in Albany, but I wanted to meet. Ranieri, after I started hearing the story, and I had a little bit of experience with cults, uh, not belonging to one, by the way, but, you know, denouncing one. And I don't know, maybe maybe he knew that, and, and they, they really tried to keep me away. But I was interested in, in meeting him. I wanted to see what uh, what he was about. And every time I got anywhere, it was all women, by the way, and they were all in, like, you know, like white robes um, in the audience. You could, uh, you could see them. And they uh, well, you couldn't miss them. There was all all women around him, and they all kissed on the lips, right? They uh, they all greeted each other like that, and it was just Keith and all of these women surrounding him, and it, it was a, a bizarre situation. And and I tried to get close to him in this uh, in this theater, and you know again there's seats there, and this is after the the Dalai Lama had had left the building or whatever. So I started walking towards him, and and I guess they see you coming, or they they have some kind of thing happening. As I started towards the uh, the area where Keith was, I 
I, I noticed they surrounded him. They, they like closed off my path to, uh, to where, <laughs> uh, to how to get to Keith. It was, it was, it was unbelievable, but it was a very organized effort. It was, uh, I, I don't even know what to describe it as, but they knew what they were doing and they, and they did it so subtly that it was, uh, it, it was pretty incredible. So then I, I, I tried to go a different direction and, and they blocked it off again. And then, you know, again, they kept them, they, they kept me and anybody who came anywhere near him away, but they did it in such a subtle way. The cult did it in such a subtle way that I, you, I, I mean, it was impressive almost how they, uh, how they did it. And, and I was kind of, you know, I don't know, laughing to myself that this is, uh, you know, this is something, uh, how they're doing it. I tried a couple of different ways. And then finally, you know, uh, uh, a political um, person that I knew, uh, not the person who got in touch with me originally, but he came over to me, he said, forget it. You'll never get anywhere near him. And, and I said, I, I said, why is that? And then somebody else said death threats. He's getting death threats from all the family members. And, and I don't know about Edgar, you know, but I, I mean, I'm sure Edgar could have snapped his fingers and had Keith Raniere, you know, disposed of, right, a billionaire. Uh, but Keith Raniere is this insane uh, cult leader that is is now in prison for, I think, 125 uh, years or something along those lines. And if you uh, if you think about it, there's a, that old joke where, you know, an old old man got got a hundred and uh, 150 years and he said to the judge he says you know I don't have 150 years and the judge said don't worry just do what you can and uh, you know I guess uh, it's the same thing going for uh, Keith and you know he's he's certainly not that old. I think he's my age I'm 55 and I think Keith's somewhere around around there the Bronfmans are are some I keep bringing them up and I, I should explain that he when he got Claire and Sarah involved uh he was able to use their money to you know I, I guess to to attract the dalai lama by the way i'm not passing any judgment on the dalai lama i have no idea what uh what the whole i have nothing but respect for the dalai lama and you know all the the past dalai lamas but this was an unbelievable uh coup that nexium the cult pulled uh, pulled off and they they got the dalai lama there and it and it just yeah, people from all over the the world want to meet the Dalai Lama, and and I think I, if I remember correctly, I traveled down to, um, uh, the Beacon Theater, uh, not with them, but you know, like in you know in in the same um, uh, I don't know how to how to word it, same time frame that they went. So I think they did Albany, and then they did the Beacon Theater in Manhattan, and I showed up there and. I spoke to the Dalai Lama, you know, for a couple minutes uh, there. Uh, but anyway, it was, uh, yeah, a very pleasant guy and, and whatever. Uh, you know, it's funny. And again, I, I hate to make light of, uh, of a situation. I'm going to remind folks, too, that Kelly Teal, it's spelt like Thiel, but it's uh, Kelly Teal uh, is, is the name. And she is, um, she is a survivor of the Nexium cult and her book, is unapologetically glorious, the power of owning your story without shame or blame, and it's uh, you know again uh, well said because she's uh, you know unapologetic about it. It happens. I mean, people 
you know, good people, and I'm sure intelligent people get caught up in cults. I mean, I've, I've known many to do so. I'm sure in my obituary, the word cult is going to appear somewhere, uh, if not multiple times, because of the, the Fred Newman situation. And, uh, you know, I, I won't go into that. That's a whole detail. But the, the late Fred Newman was a member of the Independence Party, and they had a big chunk of it when I came in. And then, you know, we, we extracted them eventually um, from the party where they had nothing, the Independence Party, and I was the chair of the Independence Party. That's why I was reached out to also from the Bronfmans, um, and you know, to meet the 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 Dalai Lama. Bizarre thing is what they wanted me for. What they what their interest in me was is they they wanted. It, well, I'll I'll give this background, and I I knew very little about the Dalai Lama before it, but they had this plan. Someone had this plan that. Uh, the Dalai Lama, who is um, he's a refugee, right? He's a uh, he's a man without a country, and he uh, you know is, is should be uh, from Tibet, but he's exiled from Tibet from the the Chinese or whatever have uh, exiled him. And again, I don't know the exact history of that, but they had interest or they had an idea that the Seneca Nation. And the, the Seneca uh, Indians, the Seneca Native Americans, um, have a, a big piece of land. Their their um, reservation is, is a large piece of land, and someone had this you know this brilliant idea, to, and I'm saying brilliant with tongue in cheek, but that that the Senecas, um, if they gave a tiny little piece of their land or dedicated a tiny little piece of their land. Um, and called it New Tibet or whatever, they could set up that Nexium would be able to set up there. Now, by the way, I you know I've known the the I don't know them well, but I've known the folks, the chief and 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 the different folks at uh, at the Senecas. I and I have no idea that they would be interested in anything like that. They're uh, you know they're a very successful tribe and uh, and very proud people and and uh, you know nothing but great things to say about the Seneca Indians. But somebody had this idea that uh, that they could do that, and and then uh, Nexium would be you know. By the way, I they're they're smart people. <laughs> the Seneca Indians are very smart people. They they they're the ones who uh, manufacture Seneca cigarettes, and I, I don't know, billions and billions of dollars a year um, are, are made through that, and you know whatever. But someone. In Nexium, or someone around Nexium was uh, was thinking that this was this was possible, and they were talking to me about negotiating it. And uh, well, not necessarily with the with the Seneca tribe, but they needed somebody who had relationships on the the Senate majority side, which which I did. That was the Republicans, and then the uh, the Assembly uh, majority, which are the Democrats. And I did, as being an independent, I did, and the governor. At the time, and I think it, was, it had to be Cuomo, I'm sure. Um, and I'm trying to think of timeline. If it wasn't Cuomo, it was uh, David Patterson or uh, before him, uh, uh, Spitzer. And I had relationships with, with all of them and, um, and, and as, as, as well as Pataki. So uh, they, they wanted me or they wanted me to uh, be introduced to this idea so that I would 
uh, you know, I would maybe uh, come in as an advocate. Of course, I didn't. I, I took the opportunity to meet the Dalai Lama, and that's that's about it. Um, no one uh, ever like. Uh, it, well, I mean, a couple of people asked me if if I was interested, and I and and I said I said it's a cult. I said I don't know anything about them. For all I know, um, you know, uh, Ranieri is clean or whatever. But uh, but I said it's a cult. You know, obviously it's a cult, and and uh, you know I said to the guy who said that people were trying to kill him. That if that many people want to kill him, he, he's he's obviously a bad guy. And every cult leader I've ever met, um, you know, I, again, and and I'm not comparing Fred Newman to uh, to him. Fred Newman's a different, uh, you know, a different type of cult leader. But um, he was a political cult leader. This was different. This was, you know, religious, and this was based around money. And all cults usually are. But he branded Keith Raniere branded these women with his uh, his initials. Including the Bronfmans, uh, just uh, amazing, you know, to have a, a, a daughter or a sister or, um, or whatever former significant other to be branded by some maniac, and uh, he's he's rightfully doing his time in jail. And to all the families who you know who lost people to Nexium, you know, we uh, our heart goes out. I'm certainly not making light of it, but Nexium is a is is something I have this one little weird experience with, but uh, just absolutely amazing what uh, what happened there. Um, and again, Kelly Teal, it's spelt like Thiel, but Kelly Teal has been our very special guest. She was part of an expose series two on stars and called Seduced, and uh, we should all check that out. I've got to check it out myself. Unapologetically glorious, the power of owner, owning your story without shame or blame is her uh, story, and it's it's a book. Please get it. And again, Kelly Teal, survivor of the Nexium cult. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.